Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord once again. It's always good. Favorite place for me anyway. <laughs> you say, well, yeah, that's your deal, right? No, no, no. I just love to be here with you. It's not the same during the week when you're not here. It's quite empty in here, actually, and not as fun, not as enjoyable. Uh, to just speak to myself, that's just not, uh, not a good place. But no, it's good to be together with you once again in God's house together as God's people, the community of faith, meeting together to worship God and to hear God speak. Aren't you glad that you can hear God speak? So you say, how does that work? Well, he, he, he shares with us. He, he shares with us through worship. He shares with us through prayer, through his word. As we, as we engage in his word, we, we can hear the voice of God speak to us. I thank God for that, and I, I pray that you thank God for that, that, that uh, he is engaged with us as a people of God, hearing from him each and every day together. I want to say a thank you to Pastor Goose. He, he didn't need me to do this, but I do it anyway for, for jumping in right last week. Last week I, I called him. I actually, he was at camp, and I texted him, and, and then he didn't answer me. That's, that's how te- uh, Goose works. But, uh, you know, and, and then I, I texted him again. Uh, he was busy. He was at camp. He's doing stuff. You know, he's, he's probably playing basketball or in the pool or rock climbing or in a waterfall somewhere. You know, the stuff, the really hard things in life. That's what he was doing last, last week. But anyway, so I texted him and not an answer. And then I texted him. So probably once you know that you're getting like six texts from me, you know that Rob's getting frantic about something. So when he had time, he, he gave me a call and I said, man, I'm, I was sick. I was just sick. And I thought, I got to give you at least a little time. I can't just say, you know, Sunday morning, you know. So, uh, so anyway, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Gus for jumping right in last week, uh, right at the last minute to bring the message of the day. He's definitely a blessing to me. I know he's a blessing to you, and I thank God for Goose's work and all of our pastors, all of our pastors that are a part of what we do here. We have quite a few here. It's a real blessing for us as a church to have as many as we do, and I give thanks to all of them. And then soon to be Pastor Julie Keith coming up. You've already heard that, but don't forget next week. I was telling him at the first service, bring, you know, don't practice like a meal. You know, don't go, well, I was thinking about, you know, tofu tacos. Don't, don't, don't do tofu tacos. Pick your favorite meal that you do and make it because it'll be great. It'll be something that you do all the time and bring that and we're going to share it. As soon as this service is over next week, we'll clear all of this out, put tables down, and we'll be having uh, a great lunch together. And you'll get to meet uh, Pastor Julie Keith with uh, Jeff, Keith, and Dade, their son, who starts high school this year. Isn't that awesome? So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. We're glad to, to be together with them. What a, what a blessing it is to get to have them come here. Uh, lots of experience that they have and, and will help us in our, in our children's areas and, and, and families, not just, just the kids thing, but families in general. She was the one that she texted me last week. She's like, hey, are we going to do that thing with Goose, that, that beach day with the family? I said, let's do that beach day with the family. I said, Goose was fine with it. And uh, so the kids will hang off probably down the you know, sand trail somewhere, and then we'll, we'll do our thing. But it'll be a great time as we come together and uh, do a family function together. Today we continue in our Get Real series. <laughs> get Real. Uh, it was usually said as a kind of a negative thing. Oh, brother, get real. But this is not a, a negative. This is a, a good thing to get real. Uh, th- this would have been last week's message. Uh, it's our third message in a series of four before we move on uh, from here to our next series. There's going to be one more series before we move back into the church calendar and get ready for Advent. Are you, can you imagine it? we're going to get ready for Advent already? Somebody posted the other day and said, hey, 12 more weeks till Christmas. I said, shut up, man. Shut up. I mean, it's Christmas time, right? And I mean, it's summertime. We're, we're in summer, not Christmas. Were they wrong? August, September, October, November? They're probably a little off. They're like three. They're just messing with us, weren't they? They're just kind of, 
12 weeks? I don't know. No, 16 at least. But anyway, uh, it, it, <laughs> we'll start a new series in September. We'll run us maybe through October, and then we'll start into the Advent season as uh, November rolls around. Get Real is an acronym for how we as followers of Jesus are to be. You know, there's a way that we should be, there's a way that we shouldn't be, and there's a way that we ought to be, and the only way that we find out what that to be is is to get into God's Word and to, to, to hear what God has to say about those who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ. And Get Real is an acronym, uh, uh, the real part, real, uh, relevant, engaging, authentic, and life-giving. That, that is something that, that the, the Word speaks of, something that God wants for us is to be real, to be relevant, to be engaging, authentic, and life-giving followers of Jesus Christ. In our first week, we talked about relevant fishing, that, that he, you know, Jesus was calling his, his disciples. He says, I will make you fishers of men. And that uh, might have sounded odd to them at the time. It doesn't sound as odd to us because we understand the spiritual overtones of that, but, but, but the fact is, is that we are to put bait on our hooks. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but cast out with just a hook with nothing on it. Did you ever catch anything other than a log or a piece of plastic or something? You just don't catch what you're trying to catch if you don't have bait on your hooks. So we're to put bait on our hooks. We're to put hooks in the water. If you do put bait on the hook and you throw it in your backyard pool, you'll still not get anything. We are to put the hooks in the right kind of water, and we must fish where there are fish. So, yeah, not in the backyard pool, but at the lake or the ocean, and that's where you catch fish. And those are all symbolic ideas of what we're to do as followers of Christ as we're trying to share our message with others uh, as they come across our path. And then week two in our Get Real series, engaged followers or engaged um, uh, followers or influencers, whatever we have as influence in the world that we live, that we are to be that kind of influencer, we're to use that to reach others. The, Jesus is calling us to be something uh, and, and not of like I want to be somebody important, no, not that, or I want to have a higher paying job. That may be, but probably not that. But he has something that he wants us to be, to be, to be something to a world that's hurting, uh, that needs to know that there's a way forward, a way that will answer the eternal questions of, of God's created ones. The question of what is it all about and why am I here? Those are, those are questions that maybe people don't ask it quite that way anymore, but they're seeking, they're, they're searching for what is this all about. I met a guy about a month ago that was, didn't have any church background. He says, I, I, you know, everything's fine, but, but there's just something missing. I know there's more to life, and I've never been a religious person, but I know there's more to life, and, and we have an answer to that. That's when I went, <laughs> I was like, I think I know what you're looking for. I, I, I'm and he was, he was ready, and he received the Lord that day. People are asking, what is it all about? Why am I here? What was I created for? And Jesus wants us to have an impact on those and that he loves and has given his life for. We are, to be, we are to be engaged and to be influenced of those who have not yet turned their lives over to God. That, yes, that we are to, to be salt and light, the word says. Another uh, metaphor for what we are to be salt and light in an unsavory world. That we actually as salty Christians are, are influencers and that we make God taste good. We, we actually make God taste good in our world. Can you imagine that? If, if we're being the kind of follower that he wants us to be. And then today in our third message, we consider what it means to be authentic witness. 
authentic witnesses. Have you, have you ever watched a traffic accident? You ever been out there and you just saw, oh, man, oh, and you could kind of see it coming. They didn't see it coming, but you saw it coming. And, and maybe somebody gets T-boned or something, and, and you're sitting there, and you're like, wow, that was violent. And pretty soon you hear sirens, and the police come, and, you know, the police have those wheels. They pull out of their back, the back of their squad car, and they, they start to, they look at your tire tracks, and they put it down and start measuring that baby off. And, and uh, you know, if, if they're really super long, they, maybe you're going to get a ticket about that accident that maybe you caused or but but they they begin to show up and they start uh taking information they take measurements they direct traffic and they check on anyone that's been injured and they will also look for witnesses did anybody see anything did anybody see what happened here and people will come forward and they'll they will take statements and follow that information wherever it leads them to uh, they used to come out more often than they do now. There's so, there's so many that sometimes it's like just change information and don't worry about it, right? You know, let the insurance companies worry about it. But they used to come out on every accident. A witness is someone who has seen or heard something and communicates his or her experiences accurately. If you saw what happened, yeah, right, light was red. They came across it anyway. That's what a witness does. They accurately describe what they've seen and what they've heard. If you become a Christ follower, we all are. You are a witness of Jesus' love and grace. The, the question is this today. The question is, are you sharing with others what you have witnessed happening in your own life since receiving Christ, since finding Christ? Are you an authentic witness? I'll never forget my first year at Point Loma, um, a friend of mine, we were coming home in her car uh, uh, for, for Thanksgiving, I think it was. And uh, we had come back from San Diego and we were there in Westminster, Huntington Beach area and the fog had rolled in and, and it was laying really thick and heavy. I was driving her car and uh, we were going down, I think it was Bolsa, I think it was Bolsa. And, and uh, before we could even make any kind of move at all, a white Chevy Impala come running a stop sign right across us. And we went right into the side of that thing. It was violent. Boom. And uh, we spun, and he spun, and uh, after we stopped, and, well, she was, she, I get my sides mixed up, not in Europe, right? We're over here. So she was really screaming a lot, and, and, um, and I saw the white car, and it took off. It's out of here. And then I saw a guy, we, we got out, and I saw a guy run up to our car, and the, the dew was real heavy on our car, and he started writing on the hood. And I said, hey, 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 get away from there. Uh, and I kind of got mad at him, like, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing this to the car? And I didn't know what he was doing. And uh, I, I kind of yelled at him. He goes, he goes, it's okay, it's okay. And I said, no, no, what are you doing? And, and what he was doing is he, he was writing down uh, on our hood because he didn't have a pen and paper. He was just writing down the, uh, the license number of the car that took off. Uh, you know, really what he was doing, what he was being, is he, he was being a witness. He was a witness to what had happened to us that night. And in our faith in Jesus, the question is this, what kind of witness are we for our Savior today, for the one who has transformed and changed our lives? What kind of witness are we about what he has done in our lives? In our text this morning, we're looking at the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, Acts 1. Verses 4 through 8. Let's stand together as we share from the Word of God together. Acts 1, 4 through 8. It just says this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. He said, stay there. Don't go anywhere. I want you to stay there. He says, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. You've heard from me. For John truly he baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
Therefore, when they had come together, they had to ask him. They, they, they were confused, and they wanted to say, hey, is this what you were talking about? Lord, will, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. This the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, we're thankful for your word. We pray that you would open up our hearts and minds as we hear what you have to say through your word. We give you thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, there's a story of a man who lived up in the hills in the south, in the deep south of the United States. Some would have called him a hillbilly. Have you ever known a hillbilly? Anybody ever been a hillbilly? Okay, maybe you've been one of those. That's okay. Well, he had four boys, very large boys, and his large sons, they were over six foot tall, and he called all of his sons together one day, and he asked them a simple question. He said, which one of you threw the outhouse in the river? Who did that? None of them would answer. You ever seen that when you line your kids up? Who did this? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that I did, and I'm not saying that she did. I had three, and they wouldn't point. They just look at you like uh, you you know, like the the peanuts cartoon. That's all they hear. You know, and I'd say, which one of you did this? Well, that's what he did. None of them would answer, and they were just left there looking at their dad. So the father said, I want to tell you boys a story. I'm going to tell you a little story. He said, when George Washington was a little boy, he cut down his dad's cherry tree. And when his dad asked him if he cut down the, the tree, he told the truth. He, he simply just, he told the truth. So his dad didn't whoop him, you know. We don't do that these days, right? You know, if you go back to when I was a kid, we knew what a whooping was, and nowadays they'd be a gas. Oh, I can't believe. I, there was, seems like every week I got one for some reason. I think it was more about they just needed to do it. I didn't need it. They just needed to do it, and it just seemed like every week I got one for some reason. I don't know. And I know that, you know, we have all kinds of other forms of, of uh, whatever we call it these days, but, uh, but back then it was just whoop. Well, well this, he, he was telling them that this dad didn't whoop his kid for cutting down that that cherry tree and and so the hillbilly asked his sons so let me ask you once again who threw the outhouse in the river and one of his boys put up his hand real slow up in the air and acknowledged that he had been the one who had thrown the outhouse into the river the father grabbed his son dragged him to the woodshed and whipped his bottom real good because you could do that back then and after he whipped him his son looked at him and said i I thought you said that George Washington's dad didn't whoop him because he told the truth. Well, he said George Washington's father wasn't in the cherry tree when he cut it down. (laughs) Yeah, you see how that works? It just slowly moves across. You see, the point today is this, that the, the father was just trying to get the boys to tell the truth. Just tell the truth. And today, as followers of Jesus Christ, as those who have been called by his name, the message is simple. We all need to just tell the truth to others about what God has done for each of us in our lives. We're called to to not convince, to coerce, or mandate that people believe what we believe, to act like we act, or to, to be good, 
No, we are simply to tell the truth about what God has done for each one of us in our lives because that's our story. Nobody has your story, so it's not wrong. When you share it, it's your story. No one can take that from us. No one, no one can say that's not true because we're not saying that you have to be like us. We're, not, we're just simply saying that God has done something amazing in our life, that God took from me this, from one place. He took me from one place, and he moved me to another place. That's really good if you found Jesus Christ in your life. It's a good place that we find. Today, each of us, we should know that God, for the sake of others, is asking us to please tell the truth about what he has done for us. We are to be authentic witnesses for the sake of others and for the gospel of Jesus Christ that seeks to save all who will accept God's free gift. You see, for each of us, may we live this May we leave this place today. I pray that we leave this place today determined to tell the truth about something that has already happened in each one of our lives. It's already took place. Some of you can go back, you know, 40, 50, 60 years. I mean, I, I, I first accepted Christ when I was seven years old. That's a long time ago. Uh, some of you, maybe it was just a month ago or, or, or a year ago. That's okay. Once we've done that, we have a story to tell. We can become truth tellers and authentic witnesses for the sake of others who really need to hear about God's free gift. For each of us, I pray that if we do leave this place today, we'd be determined to tell the truth about something that's already happened in each one of our lives. What has God done? What has he done? Well, it's really very simple. You see, for most of us, it's the fact that if we've met Christ then we have a story. And for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about being an authentic witness. You see there in, in Acts chapter 1, this is right before Jesus ascends. It's 40 days after Jesus' resurrection. This would be the 40th day, and he ascends. And then for 10 days, the, uh, the, they, the disciples, they're praying. They're, they're, they're praying, and then the Holy Spirit comes. So the text is, this is right before Jesus ascends. And being assembled together with them, it says, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Don't go, don't leave this place until the promise comes. He says, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So they've heard it with their own ears from Jesus. Wait, hold on, hang out there, don't leave until the promise comes. And then in verse 8 it says, but it says, you might receive no, it never says that. These are like imperatives. You shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. He doesn't say, I hope you do, or I, I hope if life works out for you, if you, make, if you get the right job and you, you, know, you get your family together and have a good car, maybe. No, he says, wait for the power and that you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. So what does the word wish to communicate? That's always the question to us. You know, We weren't there. We didn't see with our eyes. We didn't hear with our ears. They were there, and we've heard from them from God's word. So what does it want to communicate and tell us today? It's simply this, that there is something that we'll need. There is something that each of us will need in our lives, and there is also something that we'll receive. We're going to need something, we're going to receive something so that we can be something. Did you get that? I worked a lot hard on that. There's something that we'll need, and there's something that we'll receive, and there's something that we will be. There's something that we're all going to need in order to accomplish what God has designed for his followers to accomplish. His followers will need something. We'll need the Holy Spirit, it says. We're going to need that. He says, wait for it. 
pray, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. And we shall receive power if you will wait and if you will seek, if you will, if you will pray and wait, you will receive power. A few months ago, I came in, and uh, as I usually do on Sunday mornings, it's, a, it's probably, it's not my earliest morning, but it's the earliest I actually get up and go somewhere. And uh, so I was up at 5. I, get, I usually get here by 6, and a couple months ago, I got here, and I just do the things that I have always done for many, many years. I don't know why I can't let it go, because there's others that will probably do it, like open the church up and turn the lights on, turn the air on. But I just get here so early, and I don't, Goose, you don't want to get here at 6, do you? No. Uh, he's got other things that he's doing, and most of my other guys that would do it, they're like, no, I'll come at 7. I, I get here at 6. And I just start opening doors, turning on lights, get everything ready. I start the computers up. I get the projector rolling. I go out and open all the doors and make sure coffee's plugged in. I've forgotten that a time or two, and that's not a popular thing. you got to plug that coffee in because there's people coming, and they believe they're going to get coffee. And uh, you know what happens when you don't get your coffee in the morning. So uh, we get that done. I go out and open all the doors and make sure all, all the lights, everything's on and ready to go. But I got in the sound booth that day, and I was turning everything on, and I, I went to the computer computer and I was playing Spotify trying to get the worship music going and nothing, nothing, no sound, no nothing. I, I was like, well, uh, what's going on? I think I grabbed a microphone and checked one, nothing, nothing. I went back there and uh, I could see lights moving. You know, they're, they're saying something's going on there, but nothing's coming on. And, and I thought, oh man, you know, I, I hate it when it does that. Sometimes it does that and you don't know why. And I'm the type where I just start pulling plugs. You know, I just start, maybe this is loose. Maybe this is, I started unplugging everything. Everything. There have been times I pulled a whole power unit out and put a different one in. Well, that one's not working either. And, and so that day was kind of that day. And then everybody started showing up. And I started I start getting sweaty because I'm thinking, oh, they're all showing up now and we're not ready. And, and, and I remember I was walking back down here. And from back there, I could look right down here at the little insignia on this speaker. This is called a sub uh, woofer. It's a sub. It's an 18-inch sub. And usually it looks like the blue light's on. And I, from back there, I'd look at it and the blue light's on. So it's got to be working. But as I got closer and I looked behind it, there was no light on in back. I, I had missed it. And, and, and this, our, our, our sound system works in a series. So it's not like the old ones. <laughs> this one, if you have, if the first line of your series is not powered up, that one's not going to work and these aren't going to work. Nothing's going to work. And I look back here, and there have been times I found it unplugged. Didn't know why it was unplugged. You got you just have to plug it in to get power, don't you? And so I turned that thing on, and all the music came on, and everything started playing. When there's no power to the first sub, there's no power for any sound in this building. Those lights will work back there, but you won't get any sound out of the sound system. You first have to power up the sub, or you've got no power at all. You see, we as Christ followers, we must know and understand that to be the kind of followers of Jesus that he desires us to be, that there is something that we're going to need. We're going to need his power and the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we will need to seek him and to pray and wait for the power of God to come and to give us a boldness and to, to, to give us his presence to be salt and light 
to the world that is around us. Jesus tells his disciples there not to depart, don't stop, don't just wait, don't do anything else until you till it comes upon you. You got to wait there and pray there until it comes upon you. He says you will see John he says John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the spirit. That that gets people kind of worried these days. Oh, that's kind of weird. Is that kind of a Pentecost kind of assembly thing? No, no, it's a, it's a biblical thing that the God wants to bring his holy spirit into our lives. We initially get them, but there's times where we need a full fulfillment, a filling and infilling of the Spirit of God to give us boldness and power to be able to speak His Word, speak His will uh, to other people as they they seek it from us. You see, there's something that we need. We need it in sound systems. We need it in our toasters. We need it in our hair dryers. And we certainly need it to be the kind of disciples that Jesus wants us to be. We all need His power. And for what? And for what? So we can be his authentic witnesses. His authentic witnesses. What is a witness anyway? I'm really glad that you asked that this morning. Here's a definition for you. A witness is someone who has seen and heard something and communicates his or her experience accurately. That's all that's required is that you've seen something and you've heard something. You communicate it accurately. Now, we can find throughout his word in many places and we don't have time to go through all of them because there's hundreds and hundreds, but, but let's look at the words seen and heard. Seen and heard. I'll just give you a few. There are some amazing people in the Bible who were just witnesses. That's all they were. They were just witnesses. The first one may shock you a little bit. The first one is Jesus, the Son of God himself. When he came to this world, he was a witness of what he had seen his father do and what he had heard his father say. There in John 3, 32 through 33, it says, He who comes from above is from above. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. That's Jesus. He came. What he has heard and seen from the Father, he began to communicate to his disciples. So Jesus was a powerful witness. Jesus was a witness, and he came, and he testified. He told those that he came into contact with of the things that he had seen and the things that he had heard from his Father, and it changed the world. It changed my life. It's changed your life, and it continues to change lives of his Christ followers as they continue to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and be authentic witnesses to a not-so-authentic world. Jesus was a powerful witness. Number two, the shepherds. The shepherds were powerful witnesses. They were witnesses at Jesus' birth there in Luke 2.20. It says, then the shepherds returned. They They came back glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had what? seen and heard everything that they saw everything that they heard they became they came back glorifying and praising God for all of those things and then number 3 the disciples of John they were witnesses they came to John one and wanted to know are you the one are you the one and then Jesus answered them saying in Luke 7:22 go and tell John the things that you have what that you have seen and what you have heard go tell John about that And then number four, the disciples of Jesus were witnesses. All those disciples after the resurrection, Peter and John, they healed a man at the temple and they were beaten and they were told to shut up. They were told, we don't say shut up at our house, but they they were told to be quiet, stop testifying. And here was their answer in Acts 4.20. They said this, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and which we have heard. Oh, how great our community 
How great our country would be if everyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus would feel the sense like they felt that I just cannot, there's nothing else I can speak of or testify to but the things which I have seen and which I have heard that God has done in my life. And then there's Paul. He was a witness. He perhaps is the greatest apostle there's ever been. When he was sharing how he got saved, here, here's what Paul, a witness of Jesus, says. Ananias comes to Paul. This is after Paul's blinding light experience. And Ananias says to Paul, receive your sight. And then there in Acts twenty two fifteen, Ananias says this. The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one. He's chosen you that you might see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth, for you will be his witness, it says, to all men of what you, Paul, have seen and heard. Isn't that amazing? It's it's all throughout the word, how clear the word of God is about being a witness to what we have seen and all that we have heard, to, to what we know about God's grace working in each one of our lives. It's not a scary thing. It's exciting. It's so exciting. I, I just recently prayed with a couple guys and I meet with, with them every week and I'm having a bl- I'm having way more fun than they're having. I give them homework. <laughs> Here's your basic Bible study, and they go home and do it and come back. I'm just having a blast just hearing their story about what God's doing in their life. They text me, hey, hey, look what God's worked out. This, they didn't even know God two, three weeks ago, and they're, they're texting me, hey, look what God did for me. I say, Hallelujah. Look what God did for you. That's awesome. I'm having a blast. It's fun. It's exciting. It's not scary. It's just our story. Our Father in heaven has it for us to testify to the great and transforming work that Christ has done in each one of our lives. A lot of us get really good about telling other people's stories. And, and, and there's maybe appropriate places for that, but how much more powerful is your own story about what God has done in your life? How he saved you and changed you and transformed you and he's put you on a new road with new ideas and new thoughts, new ways of doing things. I don't do it like the old way that I used to do it. I don't do it like Rob used to be. It's really weird for me because I was seven when I got saved. But hey, I still grew up as a teenager. Hello. <laughs> you know, and I repented. I repented of my teenage years and came back to Christ. But it's powerful what God's done in our lives if we just remember what he's done. He saved us, put us on a new journey. Then there's the Apostle John. John, later in his life, in 1 John 1, 1 through 3, John's, he's pushing back against the Gnosticism of that day. He's setting things straight. And John says this in 1 John 1 through 3, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. He was an eyewitness. He, he, he heard it. He saw it. That which we uh, that's which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, he says, with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness or testify and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, he says, we declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. These testimonies are powerful. They're strong because they were there. They saw, they heard, they responded. All throughout the scripture, these powerful testimonies are saying 
What they're saying is this, this is what I have seen. This is what I have heard. They're saying, hey, I, I know you're going through a tough time. I know that you've been searching for the promised one. That's usually what they were looking for. I know that there have been many come and go that have been frauds, many frauds. Bring in a new gospel. Paul or, or John's pushing back. But hear me today, John. He says, I'm seen, I am a seen and a hearing witness That's what John's saying. I've seen, I've heard, I'm telling you the truth of the fact that Jesus is the one and only. No one comes because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through the Son. He says, John says, I am a witness of that. And today, if you've received Christ into your life, you are a witness. Blessed are those who have seen who... Uh, who are, are blessed are those who believe who have not seen. Guess who that is? That's us. I haven't seen here. I haven't always heard here, but I've seen here. I've seen here. It's changed my life completely. I pray it's changed yours also. And John's saying, I'm a seeing and hearing witness, but, but we have seen in, with different eyes and with different ears. And today, if you've received Christ in your life, you are a witness. And what does that witness do? A witness simply tells and testifies faithfully and accurately what he or she has seen and heard, spiritually speaking. Maybe even with our own eyes. There have been times we've seen things happen. We go, well, that had to have been God. You ever said that? That must have been God. How did I miss? How did I not run into that? How did that not kill me that day? You might be thinking in this great big world that we live in now, how can one witness possibly make such a difference? You know, social media should have made it easier, but people these days would rather watch a fight on Facebook or some road rage on YouTube or some puppy on Pinterest. But listen to me, witnesses. Listen to me, witness. Know what can one person, what can one witness sharing what he or she has seen or heard What can one witness difference make in the world that we live? That's probably what Edward Kimball thought. He might have been thinking that. He was was just a Sunday school teacher of young boys. When I was 17, I got to be a fifth grade Sunday school teacher. I don't think it's because they looked at me and said, hey, he's a smart guy. He'd make a good fifth grade Sunday school teacher. I think they looked at me and said, no one else will do it. Let's get him. You ever taught a fifth grade Sunday school class? It's like herding cats. They're just everywhere. We actually brought duct tape to our class. (laughs) That's all I'll say about that. But I can just imagine Edward Kimball. He was just a Sunday school teacher of young boys. What lasting witness might Mr. Kimball have on these boys sharing his testimony in the Word? Most people wouldn't remember who Kimball was. Oh, but what a testimony of how God works through those who have seen and heard and then become witnesses to what God has done in their lives. Kimball was a Sunday school teacher who not only prayed for his hyper class of boys, but he also sought out to win every one of them to the Lord personally. He decided that he would take an intentional interest in each and every one of them to share with them the good news. Surely he must have thought, about just throwing in the towel. That was about every Sunday for us. I thought, what earthly good are we doing in this romper room that we're having with our fifth grade boys? 
One young man in particular didn't seem to understand what the gospel was about. So Kimball, he went to the shoe store that this young man was working at. That he was stocking shelves and he confronted him in the stock room with the importance of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Edward Kimball. The, the young man's name was Dwight L. Moody. And in that stock room on that Saturday, he believed that the gospel and he received Jesus Christ as his Savior that day. And in his lifetime, Moody touched two continents for God with thousands professing Christ through his ministry. But that's not where the story even ends. It actually starts there because under Moody, another man's heart was touched. His name was Wilbur Chapman. And Chapman became an evangelist who preached to thousands. And one day, a professional ball player had a day off from the ballpark, and he attended one of Chapman's meetings. And thus, Billy Sunday was converted. Billy Sunday quit baseball, and he became one of Chapman's evangelistic team and then Chapman accepted a pastorate of a large church, and Billy Sunday began his own evangelistic crusades. Another young man was converted whose name was Mordecai Ham. He was a scholarly, dignified gentleman who wasn't above renting a hearse and parading it through the streets, advertising the, the, the meetings that he was having, the, the evangelistic meetings. Can you imagine a hearse going through town with signs on it saying, come to our evangelistic meeting? Well, Ham came to Charlotte, North Carolina one day. A, a sandy-haired, lanky young man then in high school vowed that he wouldn't go near uh, to hear him preach. But Billy Frank, as he was called by his family, did eventually go, and Ham announced that he knew for a fact that there was a house of ill repute that was across the street from the high school and that male students were skipping lunch to visit this house. And when the students decided to go interrupt Ham's meetings... Billy Frank decided to go and see what would happen when the rest of them were going to try and make trouble. That night, Billy Frank went, and he was intrigued by what he heard. And returning another night, he responded to the invitation, and he was converted. Billy Frank eventually became known as Billy Graham, the evangelist who preached to more people than any other person who's ever lived, including the Apostle Paul. Now think about how far-reaching Christ's message has gone from a Baptist Sunday school teacher from 1885 all the way to Billy Graham doesn't stop there because my wife, Lynn's father, accepted Christ during a televised crusade from Billy Graham. And then Lynn, my wife, decided, I think I'll go to college at Mid-American Nazarene University. And that's where I met her. What could one witness possibly difference make? I would say, thank you, Brother Kimball, Baptist Sunday school teacher, who started in 1885. And that witness made it all the way down through Billy Sunday and Mordecai Ham and Billy Graham, Lynn's dad. And then Lynn, my wife. What a blessing. What can one witness accomplish? What can a couple of hundred Christ followers in Tehachapi, California accomplish by just being witnesses, telling the truth about what God has done in our lives? You see, we don't have to fight with people. We don't have to know the Bible from cover to cover. We, we just have to be available to tell the next person that God brings across our paths about what he's done in our lives. We don't have to convince, we don't have to prove, coerce, we are hammer at home. 
We don't even have to know what happened to all the dinosaurs. We just have to testify. Tell our God's story to others. You might say, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to start the conversation. Well, let me give you just a very simple way to be salt in your own area of influence, how to be salt in an unsavory world. I'll use the acronym for SALT, S-A-L-T. It's, it's not a formula. It's just a reminder to, to help us as we're going through our normal everyday happenings that we can on purpose be salt and light to our culture, to our friends, our neighbors, and our family. SALT, here it is. S is for start a conversation. Just start a conversation. Uh, I'll do this. I'm prob- I don't think I'm annoying. They don't give me that look. I, I imagine I get a look. I'll be in this grocery store. The, the person's going to be doing this blip, blip, blip for a little while. So I'll just say, hey, are you from here a long time? You got to be careful how you say it. You know, you don't want to be creepy guy, you know. So, you know, just have a conversation. Just, just uh, um, start a conversation. Salt, S, start that conversation. And then, A, ask questions. How long you been living here? I've just been here three years. You've been here a long time. Long time. You grew up here. Then L is for listen. Sometimes that's one of the hardest things that we do. We get nervous, so we just keep talking. Talk, 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 talk. Uh, and, and when I had jewelry stores, I used to manage those jewelry stores. I, I'd watch some of my salespeople, and they wouldn't be quiet. They talk, 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 talk. You're supposed to do features and benefits, features and benefits. But then you ask them, would you like to buy that? And then be quiet and let them tell you where they're at. Sometimes we just need to listen. Salt, start the conversation. A is for ask questions. L is for listen. And then T is for just tell the story. Tell your story. It's better that you tell yours than somebody else's because we might get that wrong. We won't get our own story wrong. Just tell your story. From the beginning of God dealing with his creation, there have been witnesses to all that God has done. And I ask you today, are you a faithful and truthful teller? Uh, are you faithfully and truthfully telling your story to others? It's important of how Jesus has transformed your life. I want you to know that sharing your story is easier than you think. There are hungry people. They're just starving for something real in their lives, seeking and searching. That's how I met some of these guys. I, I, I was just in their phone from a few weeks back, and, and they had re- remodeled our building. And they came to a place in their life where they, I got to get an answer. Hey, there's that guy. He just, he was nice. He took interest in me. And they call me. And they say, I, I need to talk to somebody. Yeah, let's talk. It, it, it just may be somebody that you come across during the week where you, you don't have to drag them to an altar. You just share with them, talk with them. They may call you later. It's been a blast meeting with these guys to see what God's doing in their life. We have a story to tell. It's simple as salt. Start a conversation, not assault. Salt, start a conversation, ask questions, listen, and tell your story. Do you have a story? If not, you can. You can start your own story by trusting in Christ today. And if you've already trusted, you already have a story to tell. Won't you begin that? Start that. Start this week as you make your way through your own area of influence. Start a conversation. Ask questions. It may go nowhere, but you might... I'm finding new friends. I've got new friends that I'm meeting with weekly. I'm having a blast just hearing what they're saying about what God's doing in their life. We all need the Holy Spirit. It's something that we need. You see, we all need something. We all need to receive something. We all 
so that we could all be something. We all need something. We all, that we will all receive something so that we can be something. That something is, it's something that we all need desperately. The word says that it's something that we all will receive and the, the power of the Holy Spirit is what that is. It didn't say maybe or might. The word says that you shall, you will receive power. And the power for what? That we might be something. And what is that something? Witnesses. Witnesses telling the truth about what God has done in our lives. The word says, and you will be my witnesses from Tehachapi to Kern County to California to our nation to the remotest parts of the earth. It actually says Judea and Jerusalem and all that, but this brings it home to us. And there are many that are seeking and searching and looking and just trying to find it. And sometimes we're just friendly, but we don't tell our story. We need to tell our story. Witness. We are witnesses what you've seen and what you've heard. Stand with me. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, just for a moment, I just want to ask you two questions. The first one is, are you a witness? If you are, you've received Christ. But if you don't feel that you have that story, you can today. You can receive Christ right here, right now, this day. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to come to the altar. You, don't, you can stay right where you're at, right where you at, and you, you, can, you can receive Christ. You, to do that, you would just pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer. And, and if that's you, you say, I, I haven't even started that relationship. I'd like to start that relationship. You would do that by just saying this prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I believe that you have something for me. I haven't known exactly what it is. I'm not talking about career or, or, or a new home or a new car. I'm talking about there's something in life that there's something for me, and I have not yet found that. And, Lord, I think that this is it, and I want to turn my life over to you, and I want to ask you the way that works is that I ask you to forgive me of my sins, the thing that separates me from you. Lord, would you forgive me of the things that I've done just because I wanted to do them and they were against who you are and what you're about? And would you forgive me for those? I want to make you Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my, my life, Lord. I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for doing that for me, Lord. I give you thanks for it. I don't know all about it yet, but I believe this is the right path for me. Thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, man, if you prayed that prayer, I just want to pray for you. Would you just tell me with a raised hand? Just tell me if you prayed that prayer. I want to pray that. I want to, I want to pray for you. Yes? Good. All right. Father, thank you for this hand, Lord. You're doing a great work. Help us to be tellers of our story. Thank you for this one. Now, if you're here with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and you say, I really want that, but I just, I don't know enough. You don't have to know a lot. You say, I don't, I don't know what to say. Use salt. You say, it's scary. What we need is the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. You can ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh and anew this day to empower you and to get you ready to share your story. It's not scary, it's fun. 
If that's you today, you'd pray this. Father, thank you for saving me. I know I got all of you when I accepted you, but Lord, I, through life's different situations, maybe I've been around the church all my life and I just, I just feel like I'm coming around the bend another time and I don't know what to do about it. I don't feel like I'm full of your power. I feel kind of weak at times, Lord. I don't know what to say. And Lord, I pray that, that you would allow us right now to just say, would you infill me? Would you fill me with your spirit? Would you come in and empower me to be a witness for you? Not, not like the old days per se where we, we'd yell it and scream it and thump our Bibles, Lord, just to be a friend to people that we come across. Give me the power to, to listen, to start that conversation, to ask those questions, and then listen for the response, Lord. And then as, as you bring people across my path that they're looking for a, a, a way, they're looking for the way, Lord, might we just tell them what happened to us? One day, I felt estranged from God, and I just said, Lord, I want you to be in my life, and somebody shared with me about it, and then you came in and saved me from all my sins. You put me on a new path and gave me a new direction in life. You, you, you helped me to not go in places I used to go and to, 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 to try new and, and amazing things for you that I never thought possible. Lord, would you fill me with your spirit this day? I desire it. I need you today, Lord, that I might be a truth-telling witness about what you've done in my life. Not an evangelist from a, a podium, just a friend at the checkout stand, just a friend at the car wash or at the hardware store, wherever we are at work. We have people who will share with us at work all the time about where life is going and what they're concerned about their kids and they're worried about things. And we don't have to worry. We've given you our lives, Lord. So would you come in and fill us afresh and anew that we might share that with others. And Lord, we just want to give you praise and thanks for doing that. May we realize it as we walk in faith, believing and, and, and believing and receiving what you've just done for us in Jesus' name. And with our heads bowed and our eyes still closed, did you pray that prayer? Just, I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand if you prayed that prayer. Yes. Okay. Good. Father, you see the hands. You know what the need is in our lives, Lord, to be the kind of witness that you want us to be. So, Lord, I just ask that you would do what you said that you would do. We're waiting. We're praying. Might we receive the power that you said that we would have. You weren't just talking to the disciples. You were talking to all disciples. So we wait upon you and say, fill us afresh and anew. Thank you for what you've done in these that have raised their hands. And Lord, for the rest of us, empower us, infuse us, make us to be all that you want us to be. Give us the opportunities, Lord. Sometimes we don't see them. Remind us of this, that we, while we're out this week, we may see others and, and we can bring light to their world. We can, we can be salt. We can make God taste good to them. So we'll give you thanks for it. We ask your blessing on these, your people, as we go from this place. May you be honored for the life that we live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.